0: Welcome back to another episode of the Bowie Podcast. We have Ken Quams, what's going on, Jesse Bowie Fitness, and special guest for the day, special guest Patrick, Justin Fox. Thank you so much for being here, Jesse. How are <laughs> you doing today?
1: Oh, really good. I'm excited to be here. So. Good, 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 good. We're glad. You We're know, definitely excited to have you. You know, um. So I guess going forward, Jesse kept talking on and on about this friend of his that he had, um definitely excited to bring you on but i mean a, b- a bit of your background he was saying that you kind of worked all over the place you know as, as far as like in the entertainment world you know and even what you're doing currently so i was definitely very excited to kind of meet you you know what I'm saying, <laughs> and kind of hear your perspective on life and what you've got going on so far so cool. yeah it's good to have you here with us today man it's so sure. just a
0: little background me and patrick patrick and i worked together at a restaurant um we how long did we work together for like a couple of years at right? because i was there for almost four years well then
2: yeah but I
0: um You were you you weren't there at the for, beginning for okay. me.
2: Yes. So then it would have been like at least two years. Yeah, at least two years. And you were my
0: manager the entire time? Yeah, and you never listened to me. I never listened to you. <laughs> I never listened to anybody. Come on. You should know this by now. <laughs> all <laughs> you guys should know
1: this. Oh um, uh, man. Alright, so um I guess we'll start off by saying like you tell us a bit about yourself, um, your background and then kinda how it got to this point.
2: Uh okay, so I'm Patrick Joslin. I um I grew up in Auburn, Massachusetts. Uh, I live in Worcester. And, oh, my pin fell off. I have my I Love Worcester oh, pin. Oh, no. it from the 508. 508. But I love me some Worcester. Um, and I... Well, well, we'll get to there, but I just... I love all the great things that's happening in Worcester right now, so... Mm. um But I... Yes, I worked at a restaurant for um over a decade in Worcester, and Jeez. I what I love most about it, what I miss most about it is all the people I got to meet. Mm. And, um, there's just a, quite a cast of characters in the city of Worcester. And, um, it's very, again, it's very exciting what's going on. You can tell I love Worcester. Um, but I am 35 years old. And, uh, almost almost 10 years ago, I was on a TV show called RuPaul's Drag Race. And I got to go to Los Angeles and film that. And, um, and then I got to kind of tour the world after that and I had lots of amazing opportunities and it was always very important for me to bring it back home to Worcester. Of course. Mm-hmm. So I, um, you know, I still have incredible opportunities given my platform from that, um, but I also have been very blessed that there's lots of things that we've got going on here in Worcester and things um, local in New England. Mm-hmm. And uh, my drag persona is Jocelyn Fox, season six, RuPaul's Drag Race. <laughs> um, and I also, I DJ, DJ Patrick Allen. I love music, so that's so always fun. And, you know, given COVID, there was a huge break in those kind of opportunities, obviously. Mm-hmm. And um, just recently, kind of were able to pick it up again, unfortunately, now, kind of back to where we back were. The mass
0: mandate and all yes. that. It's yes. so tough. I can only so. imagine
2: but it is um it's been neat to kind of have room uh to explore other things that i want to do with my career and with my um hobbies and and life in general family and friends and all that i think that's what's really cool about the COVID. Uh, it's i mean it's not cool <laughs> but if we want to find the silver lining and the positive aspect of it is that um it's been kind of a chance to reset and reflect on oh, what's important and whatnot. Everything, yeah. And, um, and, I mean, that's all That's all we can do. I mean, that's what I always say. It's all we can do is just, like, be positive about it. Like, what, what's the good we can get out of this?
1: Hmm. So. All right, so um, from that, I noticed you said you wanted to kind of, with everything that you said you experienced, you wanted to be able mm-hmm. to bring it back to Worcester? Yeah. Um. So, I mean, why is that? Why would you say that is? Um,
2: I think the assumption was, um, and I mean, I know I, it was what I received a lot when I came home from the show was you know, why, why didn't you move to New York? Why didn't you move to LA? What are you still doing in Worcester? And I would say, give me five years and we're going to see a new Worcester. And then sure enough, five years later, all this stuff's coming this way and I want to be a part of it. And, um, you know, I, I am so, I've been so lucky that I get to travel the world. I get to hop in an airplane and go from one city to another. I've been, you know, in other countries meeting fans and performing. And, um, that's all amazing, incredible. I'm so blessed, but it's always been very important for me to um, stick to my roots and come back home and, um, you know, my experiences I can and bring back and whether it's influencing some sort of event or a commun- community that's going on or um, just to, I, I just always like to be the beacon of celebrating Worcester. I call myself Mr. Worcester. <laughs> and I joke, I'm actually on record at the Worcester Historical Museum as uh, referring to Worcester. As my boyfriend. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm actually on record um, referencing an episode of Sex in the City where Carrie Bradshaw dates the city of Manhattan and um, a sailor is visiting in town and he says, I don't get it. It's such a dirty city, it's smelly, it's loud. In her voiceover, she says, "I don't know what he's talking about because ain't nobody gonna talk shit about my boyfriend." <laughs> <laughs> the city's a very jealous boyfriend.
0: No, it is. <laughs> Doesn't
1: want to share you with nobody, huh? <laughs> nah.
2: So, what are some events that you've been uh, hosting around Worcester? Like, well, um, we um, actually my my most exciting one was uh, Wormtown Brewery mm, yep. on Shrewsbury Street. They um, were. Coming up with a new... They have their new hard seltzer, and I'm such a hard seltzer fan, um, and I love anything local, so last summer, it might even been the summer before. It's all a blur with Yeah, honestly. (laughs) But it was with Polar when uh, they came out with Arctic Summer, which is now known as Arctic Chill. Um, Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking
2: about. And it was so... Like, really, really good. And, you know, I was a White Claw guy, a Truly guy. Yeah. And I loved that something local was out, and it was really good. And I just simply posted a picture of me drinking it, you know, on um, Instagram, and Polar reached out, and, um, you know, of course, that means the world to me, because I love anything Worcester. And when I got word that Wormtown was coming out with a new hard seltzer, I was, you know, dying to try it, and I asked if I could go down to the brewery, and um, I'd be happy to do some promotion. Word got out in the office, and uh, one thing led to another, and they asked me to come down, and Make my own seltzer that they would name after me. <laughs> nice. wow. So we did that, and it was really fun. Um, was,
0: was that the fox tea one? The fox yeah, tea. Yes, nice, nice. I came. I
2: wanted to do a white tea, uh, honey with some citrus. So we ended up going mm. with some fresh lemon, and um, it. You know, I love those summery flavors for the hard seltzers by the pool, but um, something to go into the fall. And um, it was it was so so good, like just better than I imagined it to be. And we had an event to um, celebrate Pride in Worcester, and uh, we premiered it. And it was so fun. I DJ'd, and it was so fun to look around just that everybody there was drinking the Keep It Fox nice, tea.
0: Nice. <laughs> That's awesome. That, yeah. That's pretty
2: sick, yeah. And a dollar from each glass went to Mass Equality, which is now, um, they've got a big presence um, in Worcester, which is really exciting. So, um, But, you know, things like that are really cool because mm-hmm. these are the things that, you know, I joke like someday I'll write a book. Or I'll like you know save a picture of it to show my grandchildren because they won't believe that it actually happened. I right. definitely
0: think you should write a book. I think <laughs> that would be something... I would give that a read honestly because you you've definitely been involved a lot behind the scenes in Worcester, especially nowadays when because Worcester is just growing so mm-hmm. much, especially with the Worcester Public Market, the Woo Socks, everything. It's what is it is is it gentrified? Is that is that the correct term or is that
2: um, gentrification can have a bit of a negative connotation to yeah. it. Um, it is essentially. You know how it could be perceived, what's happening. But I mean, I guess with that idea, yes, one big thing comes in and then it brings other business in. You know, so when you have something like Polar Park downtown, then mm-hmm. other businesses want to be near that because Polar Park's customers can be their customers. And the public yes. market, it's perfect right there for that. Then, of course, you want to have other restaurant options, you want to have other bar options. Yeah. And then those people coming into town, they need somewhere to stay. So you want to have some new hotels. Um, and I think we saw that way back. Um, in Worcester, especially, I remember, like, Med City being built, you know, St. Vincent's downtown. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was when it. it there were a lot of, um, you know, patients from all over the state coming in because we had this amazing uh, medical facility. Mm-hmm. But that brings in a lot of doctors, and that brings in a lot of pharmaceutical reps. And, you know, from our experience at the restaurant, mm-hmm. we saw a lot of those people coming in. They needed somewhere to go to eat. Yeah. And those, sometimes when I was working, I was managing, they needed somewhere to, what's a good hotel? So, that's the kind of Stuff that you want to see in like a bustling city, and you know we've got that going on now, and it's and it's fun because if you can identify that and acknowledge it and want to support it, um, you know it's the whole like keeping things local and mm-hmm. whatnot. Mm-hmm. So if I go to the liquor store, um, you know I could buy a, a box of Trulies or White Claws because they're great, but I see you know a box of Polar. Arctic Chills or I see Wormtown Craft Hard Seltzers and that's exciting for me because it's like I want to support Worcester and I think that's um, definitely a positive aspect of it because um, as long as we're supporting those businesses then it's working
3: yeah of course
0: I mean Worcester always has Worcester's back you know what I mean a lot of restaurants around here they support local breweries yes local farms all mm-hmm. that it's really a beautiful thing in Worcester I've noticed that in the background yes Yeah. it's exciting
2: it, it makes it fun um, you know and I've, and I've always said that uh, I, I go back to a, a history lesson on a field trip and mm-hmm. uh, I remember going downtown where the police station is and they were teaching us about how George Washington had come through Worcester and it was because it was kind of like a stopover town yeah. between Boston Providence New York Hartford, Manchester, mm-hmm. Worcester was that centrally located spot. So that was kind of why Worcester became what it was way back then. Was you know there was a need for taverns and inns, places for people to stay, and um, that was kind of what made Worcester what it was. But in hindsight, when I became you know into the nightlife and trying to get people to come to you know see me DJ and whatnot, I always felt there was a struggle because there was such an opportunity for people to go out to Boston or to go out to Providence hartford maybe do a trip to new york and so it was like what can we do to get people to stay in worcester Mm -hmm. we have it here for them Mm -hmm. and so i think that's what we're seeing now is that it's giving people a reason to stay local oh yeah
0: (laughs) definitely absolutely so backtracking a little bit so how would you describe your experience on rupaul's drag race it was. you're uh, around my age. You said 10 years ago, right? I am 20, 26. I'm 25. Okay. Yeah, he's 24. He's turning 25 soon. Little baby. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, so, like, it, take us through that process because I can only imagine.
2: I mean, it was it was surreal and it was so, um, I had an audition four years in a row. So, mm, wow. I was, in my Any mind, very reviews. prepared for what was next. Um, but I had gotten so used to the constant phone call of, you made it so close, but not close enough. Yeah. And so when I got the call for season six, then it was kind of like, oh, wait, now I've got to, you know, actually jump in and get ready for this. Mm -hmm. So, um, so that was just, I think just the, the speed of all of it, um, just kept me kind of hyper-focused on it and in a positive way where I wasn't, um, you know, overthinking things or worrying or thinking about the future. It was just, I was in that moment and, you know, just packed my suitcases hopped on a plane to Los Angeles and I was there for a month and and it was just go 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 long days no days off so it was just you didn't have a second to you know kind of sit back and absorb it all so the coming home from it was you know there was definitely a decompression and oh yeah reflecting on all of it and just like how cool it was it was such a um it was such an experience on so many different levels it was super emotional um there are definitely moments of you know internalizing and growing Mm -hmm. um I was definitely a a far different person when I left than uh I was when I got there I always think of it as you know because it was four weeks I was there and I compared that number four to the four years here in high school yeah and I was just thinking of it last night and I was picturing you know freshman me in high school and then me graduating as a senior and just how different I was and um I try to apply that to like my adult life where we think like, you know, there are these things that we want to do to grow or mm-hmm. to adapt or, you know, we have our, our goals set ahead of us. And I just always think of like four years just seems like such a long time. But if we can apply it to say, for example, the four years of high school, I think like oh, all that I can do to better myself in four years. And I think that's like, that's what keeps me excited. But it was like, I had that four years cramped into four weeks yeah because um, it was just like it was a lot <laughs> and i always used to say that the challenges were like seminars we got to like film a music video i got to record a rap um we did a, a broadway musical um it was like we got to do all these crazy cool things that you know you, not everyone gets to typically do in their lifetime in four we weeks had all four weeks. oh um, my so God, so goodness yeah that, that kind of
1: sparks a few questions for me um as far as, like, the structure side of that, though, um, was, like, a camera crew with you guys following you around, like, every step of the way in the house?
2: No, so we were, um, on set, oh, and okay. when the cameras would cut, we would be on what they call ice, it's kind of a industry term, mm-hmm. which just means that there's no talking, um, there's no communication, like, no making faces at each other, put off some sort of, like, an idea, because they want everything on camera, mm-hmm. every interaction. Okay. Um... And even like when we were in the, the van to the hotel or we we're in the hotel, there was no communication. It was all on camera. So every experience we had, we got to share with the viewers.
3: Okay.
2: Um, and, but yeah, I mean, and, and it's funny because there, I remember that moment when I consciously was like, oh, there's cameras everywhere. Because you, you forget, you yeah. get like kind of you're into the, that moment and you just forget that you're surrounded by cameras and, um, you know, they're catching every little moment. Which is that's the magic of it. So. All
1: right, and it was so kind of nerve wracking too as well. Yeah, absolutely, that everywhere, <laughs> I would. eyes on you. I'd be scared. Yeah, a little. But I mean, like you definitely
0: prep yourself well because you said you were auditioning for four years before you got on. Right. Okay.
2: Huh. Wow. So that's I knew what cool. I was getting myself into. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which Which rejection hurt the most? Um, the first one. Yeah, I, I can like, imagine. Yeah. yeah. But it was you know I definitely um, I had that moment of defeat and then the moment of well hey you know what. I went through the process, and um, I grew up as a dancer, and they would train us in um, auditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, the process of it, what to expect, what to do, what not to do. And our, my favorite lesson from it was, even if it's a job you don't want, just go do the audition, so then you, that's one more audition mm-hmm. um, that you have like in your pocket. Experience. To it, just to know it, so then when the right one comes, that you really want, you're so well versed in the process of the audition. Mm-hmm. So it was almost like those three years I auditioned, it was like a real good just kind of training day um, so that I'd be ready for the right season for me. So.
1: Wow. I feel like that's very big though, because... That's huge. <laughs> I feel like now in the instant gratification, mm-hmm. just like, life, basically, you know, everything happens so fast, where it's like, as right. soon as you hear, you hear no or I hear no, it's very disappointing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's very easy, like, lose focus, essentially. But to hear that, you're able to, like, hear... like. Essentially be rejected, and I keep going. You know yeah. what I mean? That's, that's big, yeah. man. That's well, very I, big. And
2: I think of it as like anything else. If you have a like a, a failed relationship, mm-hmm. another failed one, it's important to look back and see, okay, where did I go wrong? It's almost like um like a football game. Yeah. Like when they go back and they have the yellow, film. Yeah, yeah. and they rewatch it and so that you don't keep making the same mistakes. And after the third time getting the no, I look back at my three audition tapes, and I thought, what's the common denominator that's not working mm-hmm. for me? And I realized that I was so hyper focused on scripting it and having it so regimented and following what they wanted and giving them what they wanted. And then I realized that all I really wanted was for me to just be myself. So that fourth time I auditioned, I just locked myself in a room with my iPad and I just was me, good, bad and ugly. And that was what I submitted. And I've always said, like, I think that's what they wanted was for me to just be myself. And that's essentially what we want to see when we watch uh, television personality. Mm-hmm. We want to see their authentic self. And um, mm-hmm. that's always been my takeaway from it. And a lesson I can pass on that, um, especially audition wise, but even, you know, whether it's a job interview or a first date, the only thing you can do and the easiest thing you can do is just be yourself. There's no effort in that. Man.
1: <laughs> nah. I mean, beautiful. it, it that's sounds beautiful, like, know, but like, it sounds very, like, it sounds good it sounds easy you know what I mean but it it's be like better. yeah, yeah you know it's just... but it's like come on man being around a new say a new experience you know what I'm saying or looking forward to something new it kind of just forces you to try to do everything to essentially become that thing that you feel like you need to be in order to get that new thing if that right. makes sense you know
2: but then, but then I say alright so say it's a job mm-hmm. and, they, and you have to portray yourself as something you're not mm-hmm. well then you get that job and then you have to keep pretending to be that thing and that's then you're not gonna be happy and you're gonna resent the job. Same thing with like a, a relationship. You go on a first date and you pretend to be XYZ and then they slowly realize you're not that and then the relationship starts to fall apart. But if you go into it in the beginning, completely genuine and just honest,
1: not
0: yourself. And everything else is easy. Literally just yourself. That's <laughs> we'll what talk. I've learned with my job with wow, observing and, and all that stuff. Uh-huh. It's just like I used to have a persona well, I still do, but of just focusing on work, not worrying about anything, not talking, whatever. But now I've just been like all right I can do this job while still being myself mm-hmm. and it's still perfectly fine like this yeah there's, it, it, it makes it go so much smoother and yes. like you don't feel like you're you're doing too much out of yourself mm-hmm. to do this job when you're just yourself
2: because mm-hmm. then it's just coming naturally exactly and all the yeah. things fall into place because if you're it's so distracting when you're in that moment of like obsessing about the right thing to do you just you lose that natural mm finesse of you know doing the the task at hand whatever so if you can let that go and then you're just in the moment then that's why like improv you know in general is is the best the best things come out of improvising
1: anything yeah you know so no definitely no i appreciate that a lot no thank you that was a lot
0: some people it's 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 right there but some people just need to hear it to just recognize it and i hope you guys all recognize it honestly (laughs) because We're sitting in all right. Now. Yeah, <laughs>
1: man, like no no honestly though because it seems again very like it's it's almost like duh, you it's, know it's, what I mean? Yeah, like, but it's dude. like come on, I, You're I just stupid don't stupid as hell. <laughs> you know, yeah, but I just like I realized like all right, it's important to like just moving forward, right, in life in general, you know, with anything. Like, just being whole and being genuine definitely does go a lot further, I'd say, than, like, trying to cap, or, like, lying about things. You know what I mean? Mm So, yeah, I I definitely appreciate that a lot, honestly. And
2: in that, too, I've also been talking a lot lately about um, a self-fulfilling prophecy. And this was what we used to talk about waiting tables, Mm -hmm. was if you see a table and you go ahead thinking, all right, they're not going to want to hear my spiel. They're not going to want to hear me talk about this new dish that I just can't get enough of, they're not going to want to hear the specials they're not going to laugh at my jokes and they're probably going to leave a bad tip well that's a self-fulfilling prophecy because now you've put that energy out there and then that's where you're going to get back so that was always like a lesson of you never judged a book by its cover because you could have the worst table ever and they might leave you the best tip and then leave an amazing review on Yelp and then you might have like the best table ever and then it's this horrible experience but it's because how you go into it so if you put that energy out there that's what you're gonna get back. So if you think like, "Oh, I'm gonna mess up this job interview," mm-hmm. well, then you're already thousand in the percent. bad spot. No,
0: thousand percent. The worst,
2: and what's the worst case scenario when you just say like, "I'm gonna nail it. I got this," and then they don't call you back? That's okay, it. wasn't meant to be. And then I, and this is my other one. All stop stuff.
3: No, <laughs> no, no, keep going. Yeah. You're here for do a reason.
2: The <laughs> <laughs> you know the old saying like, um, "When God closes a door, He opens a window."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, so kind of along that, you know, if you do like, for example, so say um. I'm auditioning for Drag Race, and um, I don't get... I I never got season six. Um, And then I got a phone call the next month, and, like, some movie wants to cast me in something. Say I did get cast on season six, and then the movie calls, and it's like, well, now I can't do it Hmm. because... So you might think it's, like, the dream job or, like, the it relationship, but if something better comes along, you know, and then you're not available for that opportunity... So every no, every door <laughs> is just allowing you to be re- available for the next thing because it's going to be the better thing.
1: All right, so now we're just going to talk about life. So <laughs> just yeah. No, but, like, all right, because at 24, right, yeah. moving forward or just at this middle age, 20s, whatever, it's, like, I'm very anxious about, like, what the future could mm-hmm. look like. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, if I don't do the right things, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe it could mess everything up for the future. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, what is your kind of take on is there something that you would tell yourself, your younger self, you know what I'm saying, at that point, that you didn't know at that time, from this like this point in time in life? Um That's-
3: my mind
2: goes right mm-hmm. to um, that I you know, the I wish I knew then what I know now. Mm-hmm. I I always feel like if I knew now what I knew then, I would have given up. I would have I would have had a more negative outlook on things. It was like I was so young and naive that I was able to just put myself out there. The ambition. It, yeah. Right. But, you know, anxieties come deeper Uh, as you get older, and I think I would have scared myself into doing the whole, like, protecting myself from getting hurt and stuff, but you have to go through that to get further. Hmm. Um, So I I think it's important when, you know, say, 24, that you just are able to um, welcome any of those opportunities, and the anxiety is good. The anxiety, I've, I've always said, you know, I used to say it to my dancers when we'd be backstage and... The the moment that you're about to go on stage and you don't feel nervous and you don't feel anxious, hang up your shoes because a
0: thousand percent that that is what
2: drives you to do what you do so well. Um, it so that nervousness and that self doubt is good as long as you channel it the right way. Okay, it's so just but changed. it's good. It's just change. <laughs> it's good though yeah. to do the um the self. Um, I see it a lot on Instagram. It's the. I can't think of what it's called now, but the look in the mirror mm-hmm. and erase the self doubt and say, "No, you've got this," and it's fine to do that. Be your own cheerleader, um, and then when you get the no, it doesn't turn out the way you wanted it to. The worst thing to do is just let it um, make you not want to try again. Yeah, you just it should fuel your fire more for the next um, shot. So. Okay. and you miss one hundred percent of the shots
1: you, you don't, don't take. take. Okay, so another question in regards to that, like, all right, so say there's something that you want to get out the way, right, mm-hmm. just a project or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, how do you go about preparing yourself for whatever the case may be, so like it's an event that you got to do, yes. what's the process that um, mentally you kind of go through and tell yourself, like, you know, if you if you can, elaborate on that a bit.
2: I know for me personally, it's, um, you know, I, there's a lot of preparation, whether it's, um, first, I'm getting the promotions done, so I'm online doing all that stuff, um. And then I'm, you know, picking out music, or I'm picking out a costume, or I'm building up contracts to send out, and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I find the more of that I get done in the beginning, then I have this, like, big open window before the actual event, and I'm the kind of person who it's, I just want to keep on,
1: yeah,
2: you know, poking away at yeah. things that like, yeah. can do, yeah. be done for it. Uh-huh. Um, and then I get to a point when the event's over that I'm like, ah, oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Because you do put so much into it, Um, but that's when it's over and you can say, like, nailed it. Whereas um, if you end up in a spot where it's like, why didn't I see this coming? You know, I like to prepare for a worst case scenario. Of course. But I try to not let that um, be my anxiety that drives me day of Mm -hmm. because then I'm thinking like, well, what if my music skips or what if I fall off the stage? What if <laughs> that yeah. stuff happens? And there's only so much you can do to prevent it. If there's nothing you can do to fix it or uh, you know prevent it in advance, then there's no point in worrying about it. And that worry is a waste of energy. You just the have anxiety, to bounce back quick. That's it. Yes, the anxiety is good. And um, I, Kathy Hilton, she is nuts, and I love her. She's Paris Hilton's mother. Oh. She's now um, on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and she is a star in her own right. But <laughs> I remember back when I was 18 and I was dancing, and I re- read an article. She did in Cosmo Magazine, and she said her best piece of advice is um, there's no sense in worrying about money on the weekends because you can't do anything about it until Monday anyway. So I apply that to everything. If I am getting all worried and having an anxiety attack about something, I have to sit back and think, is there anything I can do about it right now in this moment? No. So worrying about it until, say, Tuesday when I have that meeting, there's nothing I can do about it. So I'm just going to make sure I'm ready for that meeting, and I am. But I'm not going to waste the energy in the meantime of just senseless worrying. I
1: appreciate that a lot. That's, huh? that's amazing. For real. Yeah, yeah. That's very big. You know, And again, it's like up until you hear it, you know what I'm saying? Like the thoughts kind of create themselves. Exactly. You know, but up until you hear it said,
2: you know, it's not. It's, it's simple stuff. Hm. Um, but I think the simplicity of it is what makes us as humans want to think, oh, easier said than done. Hm. But really, when you just kind of apply it, it all just kind of falls into place, and you get a snowball effect going, because that's a good positive thing. And then, well, then this makes sense to me, and I can do that.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And um, and then you see, you reap the benefits of it, and then you want to keep doing it. You know, it's like cleaning your house. You you get one done, and you're like, okay,
1: I'm good. And you're like, oh, but now I can do that, and you get that motivation. Yeah. And it just you keep going. I know exactly with it, what you're so. talking about. Okay. Um, as far as now, like your day to day, is there a way that you structure your daily? Um. <laughs> Like your schedule for the day? Yes, I
2: actually, um just recently and, and again it sounds so stupid, but it's really made such a difference for me. I have a pad of paper and um, any sort of to do list. I'm very like mm. I, I keep everything up here. But I've learned that just the way my brain works with my anxiety and my ADHD that I have it all here, but it's really hard for me to pick one of them without having all the other ones still being like, We're here no.
3: <laughs> so I find if I
2: take all those and I write them down once I hunker down to get those done it's just more tangible for me to see that list yeah. and then what I do is I have another list and it's the days of the week and I take mm-hmm. those to-do things and I assign them to each day and the end of the day I look back at what my you know three or four things were to do and I cross off what I got done and the other two that I didn't get done they just go to another day and the last thing I do is beat myself up about not getting them done because at least I got the other two done
0: you got something done
2: right and it can move to another day then there's you know things that's oh deadline I have to have this done by Wednesday I might put that on Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday until I'm able to cross it off because otherwise it's all floating up here and it gets overwhelming and then you can let yourself get to a point where it's like well where do I begin yeah I mean, that's frustrating you see so. this that was point, me last week, on, bro, yeah. this is this
1: is, I, I feel like with us it's not the word we begin because we, we can do that yeah. it's about like not knowing things are messed up until it all comes crashing you know yeah. what i'm yeah. saying like yeah. the, the middle title it, just boom yeah. right you know that so again we definitely really appreciate any insight that you'll give us about just life in general well i <laughs> always say um when opportunity comes knocking
2: don't answer the door naked huh. <laughs> Um, (laughs) (laughs) meaning you want to be, you always want to be ready. No, we get it. You know, no, 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 Just Just allow Go ahead. Because, you know, if that amazing opportunity comes your way and you're like, oh, well, I'm not finished with my, you know, that course I was taking I needed for this or I never got around to organizing those files, whatever it is. So, you know, you can't tell opportunity. Can you come back in a week? Cause that it's not gonna come back, so right. that's you don't, you answer the door ready to go, um, yeah, I mean unless you look really good naked, <laughs>
1: like Jesse. <laughs> you
3: don't know that. You don't know that. We know, <laughs> no, bro. We don't
1: know no, you know, know. no, no, we know. <laughs> Just go to his IG, his page. You'll see what we're talking about. You know, no, yeah, yeah, nah, but man, No, that's un- yo, that's this definitely very big. Wow. It's, it's a lot of gems right there. And I know we definitely wanted to talk about a bit of your background, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's important to understand like the foundation, what, you the know, basics,
0: no, like for you to have so many accomplishments and they are accomplishments it's just like people have to know like it's not it's not easy and it's not by accident either. it's not by accident you
2: have a set system that you know works for you and and that's and that's the other thing I'll say is that it doesn't work everything has to have their own uh, their own system it's whatever works for you yeah but if you get lost in that well this isn't working for me I want to I just I give up because nothing else has worked but you just you just keep plugging things in and eventually you find your own little
1: swoosh in the river <laughs> as far as the structure and all that that kind of applies to like a regular civilian we'll say like that's mm-hmm. for information from any that can go for the regular joe Schmo, whatever but now as far as like being a star right um some of life's difficulties i feel always coincide with the new opportunities that you speak of so for me personally i'd say like every time i feel like life is going to shit or going bad that's when like something happens and then i have to be able to be present in that moment mm-hmm. but like subside my emotions you know what i'm saying like does that make sense do you mean something good comes along or you mean one more bad thing happens? no like as in the midst of the chaos the bad, or whatever yeah. then it seems like that's when the i good. have to be able to focus on the good that's presenting itself. Yeah. you know what i mean and put my emotions aside so i'm saying um the question is like growing up or in the process of like stardom or whatever mm-hmm. how did you kind of overcome that well, what was your mindset as far as like when bad things happen in life What is it that you use to keep going and motivate yourself?
2: I, I've always, it just, it seems so inept and natural for me to, my mind just goes to seeking the positive Mm -hmm. in bad things. Mm -hmm. And, um, again, it's like one of those easier said than done, but whether it's a failure, I try to think, well, how can I do it better next time? Mm -hmm. Um, if I... Said something that hurt someone's feelings. Then I'm thinking, okay, how can I get better? And then how can I um, make it better with this person? Mm. Because it's easy to just kind of write it off as you know, you know that friendship didn't work out or mistake. They're wrong, right? So um, it's just so easy to fall into that self defeat and apply it to our stuff when a lot of it is other people's poison. It's their stuff. Mm -hmm. So what I've been teaching myself is, um, if it's it's something, if you can't change the person and their behavior, what they said that was rude to you or what hurt your feelings, if you can't change that in them, then you have to change how you accept it from them, and that's all. That's the only power you have, the only control you have over it. So I always give the example of, you know, someone bumps into you at the grocery store, and doesn't say sorry. You can let that. Haunt you every aisle you go down. You can go home and bitch about it to your spouse. You can let it follow you to work the next yeah. day, or you can just step back and say that's their stuff, not mine. And then you can be a com- compassionate fellow human being and think maybe she's having a bad day, maybe yeah. she her dog just died, or you know you you don't know. Everyone's got their thing they're going through. And my new motto has been we're all God's creatures. And even if it's the rudest person or the most vile person or a gross bug on the wall, I just try to always think, we're all God's creatures. We're all here for a reason. We've all got our own thing going on. And putting out negativity towards that stuff is not going to bring anything but negativity back to you. So, And I again, though, it's just, you know, you have to figure out where that thing is going to fit in your... You Think of it as like a... Um, I'm all about analogies. Yeah, Um, Like a Monopoly board. Yeah. You know, you buy, like, the hotels and the stuff. Mm -hmm. It's almost... I think of it like that. Like, okay, I just acquired a hotel, but it's, um, you know, bad news from a friend. Or I acquired this um, hotel or the boardwalk, and it's not one I wanted, but now I'm stuck with it because it was... um, I missed a car payment. So if those are going to take up space on my board while they're there i'm going to make sure that they are useful spaces on my board so that car payment miss well i'm gonna go um see what i can do with my finances so i can make up for it next month check my credit score be positive about it don't get down this is what i did last night to be honest i was going over my credit score and what what can i do to make because it's so easy to just get like oh i'm so behind my credit score is sinking but I turned it into a positive, and I did some research. What can I do to turn it around? And it was very empowering. It, I felt like I'm in control of this. Yeah, I can fix this. Um, but it's just its too easy to fall into the woe is me. Um, but at the end of the day, it's all we have is the ability to stay positive, I guess. And, and you know, it's hard. It's, it's
1: really hard, man. <laughs> It's just not easy, but... <laughs> it's, it's good to hear like, insight on it again. You know that's why I, I, I am asking a lot of questions about. There's always that. light at the end of the tunnel,
2: <laughs> always. And it's not just these beautiful lights available on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, there's. I just. I guess that's always been my thing that it can always be worse, um, but it's always going to be better. And so if we can just focus on that, because you you just, you think back. You have to. You have to think back of like younger you, and thinking like. Oh, it, you know, life's going to suck. This is never going to work out for me. And then you just have to analyze where you are now and give yourself those little pats on the back. Like, hey, I did nail that. That's why I'm here right now. Okay. The small victories. Yes, yeah. exactly. Because they add up.
3: I'm telling
0: you. <laughs> you got to recognize the small ones to, to, to even achieve the big ones. Nah, I'm locked in I'm locked in, Absolutely. <laughs>
1: nah. Wow. I, didn't, I honestly didn't expect the conversation to go this way. But it's... it's Again, very important because we—I feel we do have a young, we do have a lot of young listeners. You know, do you ever find your own applause, like clap for myself, yeah. or no? I'm, no, I'm gonna he be doesn't. honest. No, I'm I do not When you're
2: in that moment, like say you, um, you wrote a paper for school and you're like so proud of it, and you get a bad grade on it, but you know it was you nailed it. You know you put your heart and soul into it, but you didn't get that applause from your professor. You gotta find your own applause and know in your own head that you did the best you could, you're proud of that work, and you can give yourself a little.
0: Give it up for Ken (laughs) Kwans. No, really, hold on. I'm about to start tearing up. (laughs) (laughs) No, this is really serious. No, no, like,
1: it's really serious to me because at this point, I feel like I've gone through, like, the last five years, you know what I'm saying, just moving, you know? Mm -hmm. And if it wasn't up until, like, working with Mm Jesse, the last, like, six, nine months, I wouldn't have realized, like, We have come a long way since we first started. You know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Because we started off doing events and working in that field as well. You know, so that's why I'm trying to understand like what it takes to make it this far. You know what I'm saying? Because it's it's definitely very, it's it's a hard road and it's a very long road.
2: You know, but that you have to be your own cheerleader all the way through it. Because you you can't you can't. uh, We seek validation as humans. That's that's normal. Um, But a lot of us get lost in that, and we aren't able to achieve those things that we really want to. And and need to and deserve to because we're constantly seeking that validation from other people mm-hmm. and we don't allow ourselves to validate us you ourselves. know so that's about finding your own applause that at mm-hmm. the end of the day you can go to bed put your head on the pillow and think like i did good
1: <sighs> one day hopefully <laughs> one day <In>
0: moderation <laughs> that's it <laughs> one day that's, that's the big key steps. too Man. moderation
1: wow god bless you honestly yeah yeah because yeah, we're definitely just clearing up a lot in, in my day to day without yeah, you. Probably don't even realize, I mean, you no, just no way you'd be able to realize. know, but yeah, you're clearing up a lot for me, Sweet. I'd say. Because, wow, no, we thank you. No, honestly, <laughs> oh, wow, man. You. I'm the gay white Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, all right, so I guess we can kind of go there with it. Then. Um, so <laughs> growing up, growing up, were there I see, any like adversities with that? Um, kind of with people, maybe, you know, how they treated you in regards to being gay, you know?
2: I just, um, I saw a funny meme going around, and it said, Growing up, I wasn't just gay. I was gay and weird.
3: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, man.
2: But I was definitely, I was definitely a weird kid. I was different. Oh, um, and I got picked on a lot, mm. but I, you know, I, I always said I'll, I'll never would take that back because it, it made me stronger and gave me some sort of a backbone. And then, um when it all kind of made sense to me that you know, I was gay, I was able to put a face on it because there were older uh, gay students in my high school. And I finally had that like, light bulb go off. Oh, that's what gay is, I'm mm-hmm. the gay. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was just, I felt free to come out. And I was 14 years old, I was, I was very young at yeah. the time. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I just felt very empowered through um, my, the rest of my high school years. There was definitely, you know, some flack that came my way, but I was also celebrated for it. Okay. And, um, and again, that was my naivety at 14 years old thinking I finally am able to put a finger on how I'm feeling and I want everyone to know. And then in hindsight, it was like, well, maybe I should have kept it a secret for a few more years, hmm. but I had to just, you know, be that strong kid mm-hmm. um, at, at a young age, but that's maybe who I am now. So. Yeah.
0: Fourteen is very
2: young. Yeah, yeah. And the kids—they're coming out even younger now. It's they bad. are. It's yeah. it's it's the uh, community. It's just the whole like generation mm-hmm. nowadays too. Because and amazing. again, like when it, I I didn't know what gay was, and yeah. I didn't I didn't know anyone who was gay. Mm-hmm. But when I they were you know kids who are a few years older than me that were fellow students and they were identifying as gay, it I humanized it. Yeah. And I I've seen that a lot in my lifetime where you know a father can be very. Um, you know, just not having it. My son's not gay. Yeah. And, um, and then they're the ones who come around and they're the ones at the, all the pride events and they're the cheerleader because sometimes you have to have the face put on it. It's someone, you know, it's almost like, like cancer or like things that you, you know are, is out there in the mm-hmm. world. But until you are touched by it personally, by someone, you know, mm-hmm. that's when you're really like,
1: okay, now it's, it's a real. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's right. real. Right. Yeah no for sure it's definitely more impactful in that sense you know because now it's my own son like I love you know what I'm saying I can't mm-hmm. cast you away because right. I feel like it's the um, the narrative or maybe like that uh, what's the word um, kind of like that bias of maybe not mm-hmm. ever being around a gay person yep. almost the same as like racism obviously it's, you know it's, it's there's it's a privilege whatever. there yeah. where
2: like I, I don't have to worry about it because it doesn't mm-hmm. affect my life exactly that's what I was going to uh, say right uh, you know mm-hmm. that's what I was going to say so and I can life. have a negative opinion about it because it doesn't affect my life but when it, you have to mm-hmm. well that's when you have to like be a smart um, you know, human being, right. uh, fellow citizen hmm. of yeah, that's society, that's right. and um,
1: treat people with respect. So. Uh, man. Just some decency, honestly. <laughs> Speaking on some of the things that you're doing currently now, mm-hmm. um, if you don't mind, kind of walking us through maybe some of your day to day, or maybe future events that are coming up. Whatever you'd like to speak on. Um, yeah, like I as said as earlier, it
2: it came back all at once. <laughs> so it was you know a good year of no gigs, and um, I don't know why I thought it was gonna be like a gradual. But it was, you know, a year of everybody bursting at the seams to go out and mm. uh, be entertained. So it was a really fun uh, end of summer for a while, lots of gigs, and then I got to travel again. Mm. Um, and then now we're kind of back to slowing down, but even, you know, it is, it, yesterday I saw a lot of events that I had RSVP'd to and um, following up with my calendar and seeing a lot of them, you know, in big capital letters, canceled due to COVID. Uh. So it's disheartening, um, but we did have quite a few events within the past few weeks that ended up being canceled, gigs that I was going to DJ at or perform at. Um, And, you know, it's just, it's part of the times we're in now. And I try to just allow that time to myself to, you know, further hone my craft. Yeah. Um, Whether it's not just the DJ or drag, but just anything in general. Um, I do try to... Do a lot of uh, research on things, and um, my new guilty. Well, I've been doing it like a nerd for the past years. I uh, like to read the news, mm-hmm. oh, okay. like the <laughs> and newspaper. I'm not, like, I'm not at the up? newspaper point yet. Oh, okay, no. I was about to say, um, but no, that's I like the news app on my phone, oh, okay. and I and I recommend it. And it's um, and even now, if you have an iPhone, I notice that on um, if you hit the news especially on, I think, Sunday nights they do it, it's the what you missed this weekend that you need to go into the office with on Monday. Something so to like that a effect. Re, like a
0: recap, mm-hmm. in a sense? Right.
2: Mm-hmm. So that when you go sit by, you're by the water cooler, like they say, yeah. um, <laughs> on Monday in the office, and everyone's talking about X, Y, Z, that mm-hmm. you are... And it's, it is, again, it's a privilege thing, where if it's not affecting me, then I don't need to know about it. Mm-hmm. And I just, that's why I feel like I want to know what's going on in the world, because... It's like, unless we all aren't on the same page, then things aren't going to progress in the right direction. Things
0: won't be done. Yeah, right. I get you. And so
2: it's, it's you can't do the whole, well, that doesn't affect my life, so I can ignore it. Because the second it happens to you, you want the whole world to be aware of it. Um, you know, I think of, you know, someone, the girl goes missing. Okay, whatever. And then you're the father of, you know, the girl who goes missing, and you want the whole world to stop. Yeah. And pay attention and make change, and we gotta change these laws. So I think it's important to like, put yourself in other people's shoes in those situations. And just so you're m- more well versed as a human being in society. Yeah. Um, don't answer the door naked. Don't answer the door naked. <laughs> don't You'll get arrested. <laughs> Jeez, that's funny as shit. <laughs> but I do, like, that's my little guilty pleasure. And, um, and I have, um, it's so nerdy. Well, that's... Re- okay, this is really nerdy. Um, one of my guilty pleasures is I like to read restaurant menus. Really? Yeah. And I don't wow. know if it's a COVID thing or... But, like, I'll just How think come? of... A, I just like to see what what's on the menu. I like to see... Um, like, changes or just, like, kind of... Like- just, like, I'll think of a restaurant and be like, oh, I'm curious what their menu looks like these days. Uh, and, yeah, then like look, okay. and then I like to analyze the fonts... <laughs> really? Grammatical errors? No. <laughs> no, you definitely do. Don't say no. <laughs> but I'm also I'm gluten free, so I do like to see yeah. you know because there can be a gluten free menu and they've got two options and I see ones and the entire thing's gluten free and um, I like belong to a page on Facebook that everyone shares their new finds of a place that has gluten free oh, on the menu oh, and nice. um, but just I guess that sense of community. I gather from that and from the other things that I do is what's been important for me during mm-hmm. COVID um that's like my socialization I guess and we can at least have that via internet social networking um and then my other thing is and it's the ADHD I know it but I cannot watch a movie without thinking about you know what was that actor in that I saw and then I have to google oh, yeah, it on yeah, yeah. TV. Um, yeah I do the same as well yeah yeah, yeah. But, it, but I love it because that sticks in my brain and then, like, it comes up in conversation and it's fun to talk about those things. And then if you ever see me at a bar and we're playing trivia, you want to be on my team. Cause... <laughs> you know all
3: that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, right? No. I think it makes it interesting to watch the movie, too, because then you can mm-hmm. see, like, the actor act differently. Right. Like, it's completely different, like, right. character. I think that's that's what I've noticed, especially with, like, recording this podcast and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm watching movies differently. I'm watching shows differently. It's It's really a beautiful thing just to be in the know and like I, I mean i'm not well diverse behind the camera mm-hmm. but i know I, I know a little bit so it's just seeing seeing the some of the scenes that they do oh my god like it's just i can only imagine what it took like what type of technology it took to just even get that
2: it's the whole technical aspect of it yeah. and i've always said it's a blessing and a curse because i'm mm-hmm. not gonna i can't just watch a movie and enjoy it the magic of it because i'm already thinking about how did they shoot that scene yeah. You know, all that kind of aspect of it. And I do the same thing if I see a production on stage. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime I have the Hanover Theater, I want to have a seat down the front. Not so I can, because I want to see what's going on backstage. Uh, you know, yeah. I love all that kind of stuff. Um, and I've learned that, you know, I say blessing and a curse, but it's just, that's how I, that's my perspective of, yeah. you know, art in that form. I hear um, you.
0: My attention to detail is a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Literally. Right. Like, it's just, you want to know everything that's going on in the background, and mm-hmm. then it's just, you forget that they created this yeah, thing so happening right so in front they don't, of you. you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um,
1: would you say that maybe producing, um, like as far as reality TV is something mm-hmm. you'd want to get into in the future? Um, I, any job I've ever had, uh, as much
2: of a performer as I am, I've always realized that I like the um, the background stuff too. Um, when I worked retail, I worked at the mall and there was, I used to call it, the the back room was the operational. That was the stocking, the scheduling, the conference calls. And then on, on the floor, I would say it was on stage. And that was when we worked at the restaurant together. That was what we called it. That you were on stage. Literally. Um, and I think a lot of performers, as far as actors or dancers, um, you know that is what they know is the performance aspect of it, and I I love that I find a passion in in both ends of it. That I, I like the um, I like sitting in front of my computer and sending out invites on Facebook. I like um, writing out a contract for a gig, mm-hmm. and then just as much as I love actually performing at the gig. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's it's and I've always said if you have one passion. Um, that you want to follow career in, make sure you can do everything involved because that will always set you above. It's like being a triple threat as an actor. Yeah. They, you, you don't bother auditioning if you can't act, dance, and sing because they're going to want you to be able to do all three. But like, if you want to apply for a job and it's for this position, you want to make sure that you, if they ever said, we need to throw you in here, that you're like, throw me in there. I can do it. So you, you can do all the aspects yeah, of. Some other I hear first. that. I mean, <laughs>
0: Bro. that's kind of what I've I've learned, too. Because I'm a part-time manager now mm-hmm. at, at my restaurant, so I'm learning that, like, I can apply what I, I know as a server, mm-hmm. but also there's a lot more I can learn as a manager as well. Right. So just being able to, like, they can just throw me anywhere and I right. can do whatever. That's that's the beauty. I never and really that's, applied that. That's yeah. an MVP, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Think of it like
2: football. Like, if, if you are someone who can be a quarterback, you can be um, a goalie, um, you can be a point shooter, right? Yeah, yeah, a, yeah, okay. perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't watch sports, so, yeah. All of those are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But I love that in um, working in the restaurant. Like, I loved getting familiar with the, the way the kitchen uh, operated mm. and the way the... Um, the chef had to, you know, measure out ingredients and then go into inventory and then the ordering and all that. And I think when you do have a passion for everything involved, it makes your job just that much more fun. And yeah. um, and you can really feel like you're sinking your teeth into it and you have a good handle over it. And then you're super confident.
1: No, you're definitely going to make it though, man. I feel like, you know, because you're a very genuine guy you know what i mean like i i just met you like this very day jesse's known you for some time now but i know for a fact whatever you do like you're gonna be okay in life man (laughs) yeah honestly because this is very like you don't hear that you know what i mean i don't hear that too often from anybody you know what i mean so i feel like yeah for sure you'll definitely be just fine man i know with covid and everything like that it seems maybe things are a bit wonky but there's definitely room for you there's definitely (laughs) a lot of room for you yeah, man but um, I'll say with that, thank you very much. No you. doubt, no doubt. But um, but I'll say with COVID again,
2: like that, I've just tried to turn it into a positive. So I hope everybody's figured out a way to do that. That this is just a bump in the road, and now is the time we can utilize to reanalyze and reset ourselves and
0: go back to the basics.
2: So then when, when COVID's over and back to normal life and knocks at the door, we're not naked.
0: Right. Yeah. We are not naked. <laughs> <laughs> we're not getting arrested today. Absolutely not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um uh, but yeah oh, wow definitely appreciate you coming on with yeah us no thank you so yeah.
0: much patrick thank, Give you. So much fun. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> fox, right, so, um, <laughs> thank you so much jocelyn fox everybody so thank you
1: where can we find you on, on social media if um i'm on
2: instagram jocelyn fox j-o-s-l-y-n-f-o-x i'm on twitter you can check me out jocelynfox.com
1: um, oh you have a website
0: yeah oh don't worry i'll put the website in the right. yeah. mm-hmm.
2: um and, yeah, so this was so much fun. I yeah. love just, you know, chatting. Um, my best friend and I do have plans to start our own podcast. Okay. it really fun. Um, yeah. And we were going to call, we had a name for it, but we joke now that um, just with all the things that happened, crazy stuff that yeah. you couldn't believe in my life that um, it would be called Can't Make This Shit Up. <laughs> <laughs> because she, every time she's like, there's no way this actually happened to you. But it's nah. just, you know, and I love to tell a good story. And mm. people go nuts because it'll take me, this long to get to the point but yeah. it's like i gotta you know it, you won't you can't make this shit up but i gotta yeah. tell you how it all led to that <laughs> right, absolutely
0: so, so i mean once you get that going i'm if you do i'll put it in the description i'll definitely help you promote it absolutely no, 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 no I, I definitely i'm that. looking forward to yeah. that i want to hear <laughs> what, <laughs> what you got <laughs> going on honestly honestly that's, nah. that's gonna be fun nah. um but yeah thank you so much guys for tuning in to another episode of the podcast we had Justin fox the honor thank you so much thank for coming you. on thank you again Appreciate, us. It. Appreciate, it. It.
1: Appreciate you, man. You. God bless you. And Ken Quams, <laughs> you already
0: know, Jesse Bowie Fitness. Um, tune in next week. Thank you again, guys.